Welcome back to the Theology of the Buddy podcast, episode 25. In this episode, we're talking about communion in the hand, the way you should receive, or not receive, Holy Communion. We're going to be talking about how we receive in the Roman Rite, what are the rules around receiving, and why they are the way they are. We're going to talk about some of the history of how we've gotten to the current state of the church and how we receive, and we're going to be sharing our experiences and how we do receive now, how we've received in the past, things we've learned, where we've come from. Hopefully it inspires you. Awesome. Thanks for the intro, Julie. Thanks. She did that right off the cuff, too. Yeah. She's so good at that those That was pretty intros. good. Yeah. Solid. Solid. Welcome in. Trying to improve my intro skills. Awesome. Well, quick intro. Hi, I'm Chris. You can cut this out, but I'm trying to be like Pope Francis. Off the cuff. <laughs> that stays in. Don't cut it. <laughs> Just like Pope Francis, there's no editing this one. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> Anyways, hi, I'm Chris. I'm Julie. I'm Brooke. And I'm Mike. Awesome. So, to begin this episode, uh, it's been it's been a while since we <laughs> did a podcast, um, and uh, it's been well, technically since May. Since yeah. the last podcast. And there's been a lot of things that have happened over the course of this summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big things happened. Julie got knocked up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Easter. Yeah. By Chris. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Shocking. Easter <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to about Epiphany. So. Why? Can we stop that? What? We Can- don't need to know the details. Okay. This is a thing I actually read online. Some people are like complaining about how uh, um, NFP has conditioned people to overshare about their <laughs> sex lives. But it's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> We're not oversharing. We're just saying it's probably going to happen on Epiphany. The That's baby. my guess. Yeah, it's going to come on Epiphany. You're all welcome to share your guesses. Yeah. I think it's a girl. And the date? Uh, day before the epiphany. Okay. Yep. Mm. I think it's a human. <laughs> Probably. Can I can I throw something out there, though? Sure. Do you really, really think, honestly, that a pinnager is going to arrive early to anything? <laughs> <laughs> I go to work early. It's so true. Yeah, yeah. Well. <laughs> well. Well. I'm well. saying epiphany. Okay. And okay. a girl. And a girl? Okay. Cool. But we digress. Yeah, we digress. What else happened this summer? Julie and I sold our house. And bought a house. And bought a house. And moved. And moved. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty um, exciting. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have our own little podcast space down yeah. in the basement. It'll be nice. Yeah. Uh, what about you guys? We didn't summer? do anything, really. Mm-hmm. Put together, well, you and your dad put together a swing set. Yeah. Very exciting. <laughs> I appreciate three sweaters. Uh, and a bunch of other stuff, and I did a couple small paintings. I just do a lot of domestic stuff, though. That's basically my life. That's really nice. We have yeah. a tiny baby who is giant. Actually, not he tiny at all. He was born last year. He's yeah. one now. But yeah. you wouldn't know that because he's, he's so big. The size of a 13-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. he's 30 pounds at just over a year. So Yeah, yeah. yeah he's a big kid. The big yeah. red-headed baby, yes. Yeah. Um... But yeah, Mike and I, we went away this summer. We went to a music festival, which we'll probably talk about in a later podcast. Definitely. Um, but it was half music festival, half pilgrimage. Because mm-hmm. we did we did a lot of Catholic stuff. 
on the mm-hmm. village. Yeah. Um, we went to St. John Cantius. Mm. Um, Amazing. Which was, which was great. So um, beautiful. Yep. So, um, but yeah, we got to go to St. John Cantius, which was really, really cool. Um, they have a beautiful Latin mass there. Um, mm-hmm. Granted, it was a little bit more low mass. It was more low massy when we went. There was uh, a lot less... Um, Music. Yeah. 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 We're Might used to... summer sometime. Yeah. We're used to a lot more um, lay people singing yeah. at our Latin mass, like all the... Um, all the mass parts. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's true. They're, they don't really do it there. Yeah. It, it's, everything is either done by the servers or the choir, yeah. um, generally speaking. So it's very interesting. But we also went to... Marytown. Marytown. That's Thank what you're you. looking for. Yeah, that's the yeah. it. They take it. Um, yeah, we got to go to Marytown, which is the national shrine of uh, Saint Maximilian Colby, um, and it was really cool because I like I've been there multiple times, but um, when we went there, we went for mass, and it was a Nova sort of mass. But um, one of the things that they had introduced since the last time we were there uh, was they brought out kneelers at the time of communion, um, which was really cool to see because it really it gave people an option to either kneel or stand. Um, and what was interesting is that the majority of people knelt. Yeah. And that's one of the things that uh, I kind of recently just learned and thought about this is that um, when they when they took out the altar rails from all the churches, when they were introducing communion in the hand... It was supposed to be like you have the option to still kneel, but when they take away the altar rail, it makes it super awkward to kneel and super awkward even if you're completely able, not elderly or anything like that, right? So it feels like it was really pushed to everyone stand because we're taking away the spot where you kneel, Yeah, you know? Um, But yeah, it was neat to have them actually show some respect, I guess, to the, the option that's supposed to be there. Yeah. Yeah. So this is kind of a segue. I mean, we had, we had a really great, great time this summer. I think I thought that was a really fun yeah. trip and we'll definitely be talking about that more, but we wanted in particular to talk about communion in the hand, because again, it is something that is, it's confusing for a lot of Catholics today. Mm-hmm. Recently, you know, I was, I was on uh, Brian Holdsworth. He did a, a talk about some something about liturgy and whatnot. Yeah. And I was reading through the comments, and a, and a commenter basically said, you had me up until you mentioned communion in the hand. And it was at that point she dropped out. You know? <laughs> um, and I think it is precisely communion in the hand that um, is one of the biggest issues in the church right now Mm -hmm. Um, because i think it's one of the biggest sources of potential sacrilege Um, and also one of the most polarizing issues right it is people get really standoffish if if you bring it up and say there's something and understandably right because the the implication is huge even if you're bringing it up politely and like not being in someone's face about it but the implication is the source and summit of our faith and 
essentially you're, you know, the feeling is you're telling me I'm doing it wrong and therefore I'm a bad Catholic, Mm -hmm. right? I remember feeling that way at one point too, right? Like, because, yeah, we've all gone through a journey of finding out more about this topic, right? Yeah, and. It's true. I mean, for for me, I remember something that was instrumental was Gabriel Castillo. He's a a Catholic YouTuber. Gabby. Gabby, (laughs) yeah. And great guy. And he did a video on Communion in the Hand and and how, you know, encouraging Catholics to return to kneeling to receive. And I remember watching that video and finding myself in a bit of a moral crisis um, because I knew that it would, I would feel like I'm drawing attention to myself, all of these things. And again, it's kind of that cognitive dissonance. Like, have I been doing it wrong this entire time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Has that made me an entirely bad Catholic? Like, and so, um, and does that make everybody else bad Catholics who receive? And mm-hmm. yeah, so it's, it, it was a difficult thing to hear but yeah and it took a little bit of time to wrestle with it but yeah i don't know like what was that the same for you too like totally yeah and i had a lot of anxiety about people looking at me and thinking he's trying to show off and act pious right you know and if you've seen discussions about this topic online you know you've seen people say everyone who's kneeling is doing it because they're like the Pharisees and they want everyone to see how holy they are and they're better than everyone else. You know, (laughs) I've seen so many people say that. And when I was thinking about doing that for the first time, I I was terrified that everyone at the church was going to think I'm some huge hypocrite and trying to show off and i don't like drawing attention to myself at all that's was true that's true so yeah. nervous yeah, yeah. If, if you know mike i mean mike's a, mike's a, and not just an introvert but i mean he's quite shy so yeah <clears throat> the fact that you're even on even, this podcast is a big deal it is a stretch for me seriously yeah yeah, yeah. it's true but well, with friends it's, it's not so hard yeah 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 I have you guys to support me you're in a safe space. <laughs> <laughs> We're all about a safe space here. So, except puppy parents. They're not, they're not lucky. Oh, yeah, that no. is triggering. They should be people. ashamed. <laughs> um, I think I watched the same video, too. Was like, the one did. with the gloves? Yeah, the white gloves. Or black gloves. Black, oh, the black gloves. Yeah, yes, leather that's glove. Right. So you could see the crumbs on his hand. He used right? a, a host that was not consecrated, to be yeah. clear, but to demonstrate the particles that come off of the host when you receive in the hand. Yeah. yeah. And it was shocking. It yeah. was shocking to see that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's yeah. the video you're talking yeah. about, though, right? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. This, this is like almost nine years ago, so yeah. it's been a really yeah, it has long, been time. long time. The, the interesting thing, right, is that something that a lot of us, I think, didn't necessarily realize and I think a lot of Catholics at this point in time don't really consider yeah, are those are those particles? Yeah, because mm. the church has been very clear. Um, yeah, yeah. There's a quote I think Mike. Yeah, I wanted to read the quote that Gabby used in that video because because yeah. yeah, there. there's infallible church teaching on the topic specifically of the particles of the Eucharist. Yeah. What's mm-hmm. the quote? It's Do you have from it? uh, the Council of Trent, session thirteen. 
So there's two statements here. The first one says, If anyone denies that in the venerable sacrament of the Eucharist, the whole Christ is contained under each species and under every part of each species when separated, let him be anathema. So every part of the host is the key part in there. And then the second canon, even more specific, it says, If anyone says that... After the consecration is completed, the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ are not in the admirable sacrament of the Eucharist, but are there only during the use whilst it is being taken, and not either before or after, and that in the hosts or consecrated particles which are reserved or which remain after communion, the true body of the Lord remains not. Let him be anathema. So Now what does anathema mean? <laughs> yeah. Alright, for our listeners who may not know what it means yeah um wow putting me on the spot but basically like cut off from the catholic faith right yeah. that they're basically saying if anyone doesn't believe this he doesn't believe the catholic faith yeah. right and pretty heavy words yeah it's, yeah so if you don't believe that in each crumb of the host that is still the body, blood, soul, and divinity of mm -hmm. the Lord, then Every you don't particle. believe the mm -hmm. Catholic faith. Yeah. Yeah. That is what the Council of Trent says. It, yeah. it's the, the interesting thing, too, I think, is that I think there's not a lot of time spent really considering the gravity of the person we're receiving. I think mm -hmm. there's a real impact of that moralistic therapeutic deism in mm -hmm. the church right now where... You know, you've got Buddy Jesus who, oh, he'd be okay. He's fine with, you know, these things. He's just happy to be received, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, actually, this is the God of the universe that deserves all honor, worship, and mm -hmm. adoration. And we should not be treating him like this. Like, like painting a picture. Like, mm -hmm. if those, partic those particles are received in the hand that we saw in, in the video... Where are they going? Mm -hmm. yep. Are people literally wiping Jesus onto their pants? Mm -hmm. Is he falling onto the floor? And this isn't just yeah. by one person. This is by hundreds of people You're picking at up the your, parish. Yeah. He's literally being walked on. Mm -hmm. yeah. Any, anything you do with that hand that you receive on and the fingers you're picking yeah. him up with, you grab your child's hand after you pick up your purse. You go to the bathroom. You like it's a, it's literally anything, and he could you, be there. He could yeah. be there. I mean, they could be so tiny that you you may it, not it see it on your hand like it because yeah. Yeah. it's it's very interesting. Now that we are all of us are attendants of of the the Latin Mass, um, you know, at every Latin Mass, you know, you receive on the tongue while kneeling um, and there is a priest and usually a server that is there that is holding the paten um, to catch any of those crumbs mm -hmm. yeah. and I don't know if you guys have ever noticed as the paten is going by but if you oh, look I've seen them. If oh, yeah. you see those you see the crumbs on that paten yeah. you know there's a legitimate reason and I mean the nuns that, that are making these hosts now they work really hard at trying to make them so they don't fragment as much, but it still happens. I mean, it's bread. Yeah. yeah. It, mm -hmm. It's going to happen. And, uh, you know, it's even worse 
with those, you know, you see in the Novus Ordo parishes with these plate-sized hosts where you're mm-hmm. fragmenting multiple times mm-hmm. over the altar. You know, yeah. and how often do you see, you know, a deacon or a priest reach in their hands handfuls. and just get handfuls and drop it and like, you know, there's there's tons of crumbs that are lost that way too. So, yeah, this is something that like you don't realize unless really someone points it out, but it's something that the church for centuries has had traditions in place mm-hmm. to, to give the maximum respect to mm-hmm. every piece of the blessed sacrament. Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing, like it, it's so interesting, like with the, the idea of like the nouvelle theology, right? The, the idea of like returning to the old, uh, you know, to the fathers and things like that. A lot of people are will say things like, "Oh, well, you know, Saint Justin Martyr talks about receiving communion in the hand, and you know that's what they did in the early church, and so therefore it must be good." But that denies the fact that the Lord in the in in the person of the Holy Spirit has been guiding the church into all truth through mm. the through history. And so, as the church has grown and un- come to a deeper understanding of what the Eucharist is and how we should be receiving it, the church moved away from those practices mm-hmm. because it was only right that she do so. So, I mean, again, if you hear those, those, you know, this is something that I see all the time as a mm-hmm. as a defense for receiving communion in the hand. Well, you know people in the early church received in the hand well first of all they didn't receive in the way that we receive and uh you know in the hand today there was a whole different way of of receiving and even so the church has come to a better understanding since that time um and to deny that the holy spirit has been guiding the church since that time is also a heresy dr peter kwasniewski in a recent talk that julie and i actually got to receive uh, back, I think that was what back May or June. Uh, yeah, I think it was like early May. Yeah, he came and talked to, to in a parish in Windsor, and that was one of the main points that he was making as well. Yeah, is that you know you hear a lot of people in support of the Novus Ordo talking about you know going back to the early church, but again, it's the the Holy Spirit has been leading the church since then, and there is that organic growth that has occurred since then, and it's good and holy. That there's been organic growth. So I guess, I mean, just to we make can, it clear for our listeners, what are the ways that people, like in terms of receiving in the hand and receiving on the tongue, are those just the only two? Or what is this other way that you say that, like, say, used to be? Like, a diff- if they received on the hand, it, what, how is it different? I mean, back um, then, I mean, like with Justin Martyr, Justin Martyr would receive like they they talk about receiving in the hand but there was a profound bow down down to the hand and they would like essentially lick up the the host or so they would not use they would not say you're receiving the left and you pick up with the there was no picking up there was nothing like that it was just literally just a profound bow so and receiving it's like you're sort of receiving by yeah by mouth but from your hand yeah. Also licking up whatever particles may have yeah. been there. But that but that's not the case today. Yeah. Right. No. And again, that's and the church moved away from that because a it's awkward and b yeah you don't you don't necessarily catch all the particles by right. doing that right. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. 
Anyway, so let's kind of talk. Like, so how did how did the church get to this point? Because it, this wasn't an overnight thing, no. right? Yeah, it, it was uh, Holland, right, where they first kind of started this practice completely against the rules of mm. the church, right? That's yeah. another thing that no one <laughs> no one told me about until I researched this topic was that. Yeah. Literally, the the rule was always to receive kneeling and on the tongue, and then some creative, in air quotes, priests and bishops in Holland mm. and some other places in Europe started to encourage all the faithful to receive standing and in the hand, and it became kind of somewhat of a crisis for the Pope Pope uh, Paul VI when he found out about it and yeah didn't know how to fix it because it had become so widespread across several countries and uh, yeah he was kind of at a loss how to yeah and he was and he wasn't courageous enough I'm sorry to say I don't believe he was courageous enough to have the backbone to say no this stops now yeah you know because he had author- supreme authority to say stop but yeah. he didn't so yeah, so talking about that thing in Holland, so for a little bit of context. So the disobedient practice followed the heretical teaching of the Dutch Catechism, uh, which was published by the bishops in those countries in 1966. Um, this catechism was full of errors pertaining uh, to the doctrine of the Eucharist. So oh, Wow, I didn't know about that. Yeah. Tell yeah. me tell you, me more. Yeah, yeah, I was going to ask the same thing. Like what kind of, if you have an example of, something that they were I, I don't have an example um, I just have a couple uh, things here that says here so in the book Martin Booser and the Book of Common Prayer um, so this is a different book but he talks about uh, we read how Booser urged the Anglican Archbishop Thomas Cramer to change the Anglican liturgy Booser directed Cramer to rewrite the Book of Common Prayer so that communion in the hand would become the new norm and communion on the tongue would only be tolerated until it was eventually banned. So so even in Anglicanism, also, earlier on, this was also being introduced. Wow. Bishop Snyder writes that some synods of the uh, Calvinist Church of Holland in the 16th and 17th centuries established formal bans on receiving communion kneeling. Very early, the people might have received communion kneeling, but... Several synods forbade this in order to avoid any suggestion that the bread was being venerated. Wow. So. Yeah, that's another thing. Uh, just going back to the Nouvelle Theology attitude for just a minute, right? Yeah. One of the issues with saying in the early church this was done so we can do it now is the cultural context has changed, right? So now when we're suddenly receiving in the hand now we're not so much doing what the early church did as we're doing what the protestants do Mm -hmm. they've been doing it since the reformation explicitly in order to deny the real presence and not to worship the blessed sacrament or treat it as god and now we're doing exactly what they do Mm -hmm. and it's having the same effect yeah see the the Pew study about um, yeah, the belief in the study. real 
in the real presence. Mm -hmm. Two-thirds of Catholics don't believe. But it's not surprising. Not at all, right? No. Well, I mean, even, like, growing up, too, you know, they're going to Mass every Sunday. I can't even really say that I really knew Mm -hmm. until I was in high school and Mm -hmm. had that conversion experience. And um, not that I was receiving kneeling or on the tongue at, at that point in time, but, like, say, as that love for the Lord grew, just that knowledge of like, oh, this is actually him. That kind of comes before, I think, even that practice of how you do receive him. Because Mm -hmm. if you know that this is him and you believe that this is him, there is at least that, I guess, turn toward that change of how you you receive. Yeah. Yeah. In general. Yeah, it's, it's and, what, a, and that you believe it. Yeah. So just coming back to what we were saying. So according to a guy by the name of Bishop Lays, uh, Holland was, quote, a country where already in 1965, communion was given in the hand without complying with the express prohibition of Rome. Mm-hmm. So Holland was already doing it against the teachings of the church. Yeah. Against what Rome had, had requested. Um, the indult given, the indult meaning the permission given to that particular area was for this practice of reception in the hand was received on June 17th, 1977. So this is almost, you know, this is over 10 years later. Um, and came against the wishes of Pope Paul VI because it was based uh, it was also based on a lie promulgated by the senior prelates in Holland and who were kind of orchestrating things in Rome, stating that they had told Pope Paul VI that it had become a prevailing custom mm-hmm. around uh, around the globe um, and it could not be overcome. So, But here, listen to this. So in 1969, that same pope, Pope Paul VI, stated, quote, uh, This method of distributing Holy Communion must be retained. This method of distributing Holy Communion must be retained, Mm -hmm. taking the present situation of the church in the entire world into account, not merely because it has many centuries of tradition behind it, but especially because it expresses the faithful's reverence for the Eucharist. Yeah, so um, the abuse of in-hand reception actually had been nixed um, by the church over a thousand years ago by church authorities, notably at the Synod of Rouen, in 650 AD, among other places. Mm. So, I mean, this has been in the tradition of the church since, you know, um, since the first century. Um, mm-hmm. I wanted to um, talk about just kind of getting back to our personal experiences, the conflicting messages you hear from different people in the church. Yeah. And I had a, a couple example quotes to kind of juxtapose. Yeah, that would be great. But we all having our our first communion prep in elementary school and stuff, I'm sure we were all told, I know I was told, basically, this is the way you do it. And there's, I was never told about any other way. Yep, yep. yep. I was and the same way too. When I did see someone kneel, because there was like one or two people at our church who would do it, I would always hear something like, you know, we don't have to do that anymore because we're more adult in the faith and stuff like that. (laughs) We don't have to, like, act like children or anything like that. It's kind of weird justifications like that. I want to read the Canadian Conference of Catholic Bishops. They had uh, this quote here. 
this was when they were applying to Rome for permission to establish communion in the hand as the norm. One of the quotes was, um, the growing participation in the Eucharist, not sure exactly what that means, especially by sacramental communion, has created within man the desire to see reestablished the venerable custom of receiving the Eucharistic bread in their hands. That's from the Canadian Conference of Catholic Bishops. Um, so what? many, so <laughs> many problems. First of all, bread. Yeah. Why you say yeah. that? <laughs> That's yeah. um, this coming from the same conference that released the Winnipeg statement. Just for the record. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, outrageous. So uh, many public problems, service announcement right? from the Theology of the Buddy. Y'all need to rescind that. Yeah. Conference if any bishops. Canadian bishops are listening, please. Yeah. We've been waiting forever for that. Please yeah. make that happen. Yeah. Anyway, continue on. Yeah, so, like, I mean, the, what's the word for it? Like, sacrilegious use of the word bread is not the only problem, right? Oh, yeah. The false idea that there's a growing participation in the sacrament, totally made up. Mm -hmm. um, that's just kind of the arrogant attitude of again like we're adults now because we the mass is in english we supposedly know more about the faith <laughs> really no Not true. if you look you in don't. your pews um <laughs> two-thirds of yeah. you don't believe in the real presence in the eucharist anymore yeah. so in general catholics know less and believe less of the faith mm -hmm. yeah right. and then the other thing was this kind of like manipulative phrase, right? It, it has created within man the desire to see reestablished when really this is not something that came from the laity. This is not an organic this was, change. Yeah. This was not an established practice. This was uh, like a intentional effort by the bishops to impose the practice on the people. Mm -hmm. A malicious... A malicious intent yeah and bishops. against pope paul the sixth instructions that this indult was only for areas where it was an established practice that couldn't be rooted out it was not established in canada whatsoever and right. they still applied for the permission using this kind of manipulative language borderline lying about the situation <laughs> in order to impose it on the people because that's what they wanted why why wouldn't they be able to root out the to make it stop because they didn't, they didn't want, want to, want to. <laughs> well it didn't exist to root yeah. out yeah. but they wanted to promote it not root it out right yeah i mean yeah i think it's just Paul VI was trying to be pastoral, pastoral air quotes, <laughs> yeah. by, by um, you know, allowing the indult basically. So I, I'm assuming in charity, his hope was that the practice would be slowly eliminated through good catechesis. Mm -hmm. And in the meantime, you know, people wouldn't be uh, sinning because of the indult. That was, yeah. I, it's hard to know, though. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's there's a lot of questions of whether it was just simply him being like, you know, pretending to be upset and, you know, but... Anyway, yeah, we can't, we, know, we, we that, can't know that but, for sure. But I think, you know, listen, yeah. listen to this. So let's, let's fast forward from the 60s mm -hmm. into the 80s and 90s. Yep. Okay. 
Here's a quote from Pope John Paul II. Okay. So speaking about that confusion, right, or that double speak kind of thing that we've seen in the church, here's another example of a pontiff who knew the right thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So here's a quote by, by him. Quote, in some countries, the practice of receiving communion in the hand has been introduced. However, cases of deplorable lack of respect toward the Eucharistic species have been reported. Cases which are not imputable, not only to the individuals guilty of such behavior, but also to the pastors of the church who have not been vigilant enough regarding the attitude of the faithful toward the Eucharist. He then addresses the priests alone who are to handle the Blessed Sacrament by saying, quote, How eloquent, therefore, even if not of ancient custom, is the right of the anointing of the hands in our Latin ordination, as though precisely for these hands a special grace and power of the Holy Spirit is necessary to touch the sacred species and to distribute them with their own hands is a privilege of the ordained. End quote. John Paul II. I guess let's just talk about that being said, holy hands for holy things, but okay, let's take a look at the Last Supper. You consider that? Who was it that even touched, you know, the body of our Lord at that time? The bishops. Yeah. Yeah. The priests. It was the priests. It was only those who were ordained. You're kind of... They were not lay people. You're kind of anticipating the objection of, but they all took the bread in their hands at the Last Supper. Exactly. But that night was... Their ordination. Their ordination. So it was not lay people touching, you know, the Eucharistic species at that point. It was... Bishops. Bishops. It was those who were ordained and ordained by Christ himself. Yeah. End of story. Um, I had a a, uh, source on that, too, on kind of the same topic from Summa Theologiae. Yeah, in our in our show notes. Yeah. Because it's not just the hands of the priests that are consecrated to touch the Blessed Sacrament. It was, there's a whole system of like everything surrounding the sacrament was blessed and consecrated for the purpose from the sacred vessels to the linens mm-hmm. to the tongue of the faithful mm-hmm. in their baptism. Yeah. That's, yeah, I guess that, that's true. That's blessed for the purpose of receiving the Eucharist. Which we've lost in the current rite yeah. of baptism. Removed yeah. from the new rite after communion in the hand became the norm. Yeah. I want Very to be sad. rebaptized now. <laughs> <laughs> Put that salt on my yeah. tongue. Yeah, that's right. Um, so let me let me read this from St. Thomas Aquinas. And this is from Summa Theologiae, uh, third part. And it's in answer to whether dispensing the Blessed Sacrament belongs to the priest. He says, The dispensing of Christ's body belongs to the priest for three reasons. First, because he consecrates in the person of Christ... Secondly, because the priest is a, the appointed intermediary between God and the people. Hence, as it belongs to him to offer the people's gifts to God, so it belongs to him to deliver the consecrated gifts to the people. Thirdly, and this is the important part um, to this topic, 
Because out of reverence toward this sacrament, nothing touches it but what is consecrated. Hence, the corporal and the chalice are consecrated, and likewise the priest's hands for touching the sacrament. Hence, it is not lawful for anyone else to touch it, except from necessity, for instance, if it were to fall upon the ground, or else in some other case of emergency. Yeah. Yeah. So that is like pretty clear what mm-hmm. the church's tradition has been and the reasons for it. And just like there was a well-thought-out and well-established series of customs for preventing the desecration of these particles of the Blessed Sacrament, the church has thought through everything surrounding what touches the Blessed Sacrament. And she has you know, developed these rituals and ways of blessing and consecrating these things for the purpose of um, touching the blessed sacrament ultimately to treat the blessed sacrament as god because that's what we believe that's right that's right it's very interesting too this isn't just a couple of lay people sitting around a poker table (laughs) with a couple microphones just kind of talking um but I mean, even people like Cardinal Ranjith, who is a current cardinal in the church, um, he even said, quote, At the same time, speaking of communion in the hand, it is necessary for all to recognize that the practice was introduced as an abuse and hurriedly in many places within the church right after the council. So even Cardinal Ranjith acknowledges that, like, this is not what was supposed to have happened. Cardinal Burke discussing... Pope Benedict, who had, prior to his abdication in 2009, um, started distributing Christ's body exclusively on the tongue kneeling on the Feast of Corpus Christi, Cardinal Burke uh, stated, The Holy Father is giving a very clear lesson by his own insistence that the faithful receive kneeling and on the tongue. He's teaching us something. This is a decision which he obviously made with much thought and for good reasons. End mm-hmm. quote. I mean, this is this is something that, coming down to it, there is a history of the church that's there, but ultimately, every individual at this point in time needs to kind of examine their own conscience, I would say, with regards to this, because it's not something that, it's not an easy decision to make either, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Yeah, the, a lot of these quotes are so powerful right and so like so clear and i like i was talking about the conflicting messages that really illustrates it right if you contrast the the words of these cardinals against the words of the conference of (laughs) catholic (laughs) bishops the canadian conference of catholic bishops they're saying opposite things and who is right and who's telling the truth because they can't both be right Right. They're yeah. saying opposite things. But I mean, in this case, right, the as Catholics, what is our what is our recourse mm-hmm. in these in these kinds of events? Because really this is the I would say the the thrust of us becoming more traditional in our faith is we have to look back to the history of the church to mm-hmm. really find what the answer is. And actually look to the authoritative teachings too, right? Like if you look back at like Aquinas and you look at what the universal norms are in the church and... Look at the Council of Trent. Yeah. 
Like it's all there and it's mm-hmm. all in black and white and it's not right. And we, and we can be able to say like, you know, the teaching of, of the church, they don't change because no. the truth doesn't change. Yeah. So, you know, father John Harden, he said behind communion in the hand, I wish to repeat and make as plain as I can is a weakening, a conscious, deliberate weakening of faith in the real presence. Mm-hmm. Whatever you can do to stop communion in the hand will be blessed by God. Uh, that's venerable or servant of God, uh, Father John Harden. So. Mm-hmm. I've been looking for this quote because <laughs> I wanted to make sure I had it right. In continuing that, you know, um, Cardinal Lorenzo has talked about this before. And I think even the f- first time that I had heard him talk about it, I think was during a question and answer period in the mid 2000s, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, and he says here, uh, if you believe that Christ is our God and present in the Eucharist, uh, why don't you kneel? Why don't you crawl? Why not show respect? Yeah. Like, that's that's heavy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? And that was one of the quotes that I remember hearing when I was f- first considering starting to receive on the tongue. Yeah. yeah. I remember it, too. And we probably both were thinking about it at the same time. Brooke. Like, he's right. Yeah. 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 It's, a lot, it's a lot to consider. And, I mean, again, like, that big change, you know, and I mean... I, yeah, I can, you know, like when you shared your experience too, like in terms of that courage to like, oh my gosh, like everybody's going to be looking at me and like, they'll be thinking that I think I'm this holy, pious person. Um, there have been people that have said, you know, while kneeling to receive, no need to kneel. Yeah. Like looking at you, Father Terry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just that point that like, I'm not kneeling for you. And I'm not kneeling for myself, mm-hmm. you know. I'm kneeling because That's God. this is Jesus. And the whole thing of Lex Orandi, Lex Credendi, like, as we pray, so we believe. Like, I think, too, just even in kneeling to receive on the, on, on the tongue, but kneeling to receive, it's something that is also, you know, say we do it because we know who we are receiving, but... To change our own hearts, Mm -hmm. to make us more humble, Mm -hmm. you know, because, you know, like recognizing who we are Mm -hmm. in the face, you know, in in light of God himself, like, I should be kneeling. And it's not because I'm, again, I'm this, say, this holy, pious person, Mm -hmm. you know, I am so far from the person that I should be, but with the grace that the Lord will give, you know, and we should ask him to give this. Mm-hmm. That is the point of kneeling to receive is so that it changes our hearts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Mike, we had been talking about this the other day that the angels prostrate themselves before Jesus. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I was uh I was listening to an interview with um Archbishop Schneider and that's one of the things he says that um in Revelation we see in the presence of God, the angels prostrating themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when we have God himself in mass, you know, we stand, <laughs> like, yeah. stand before and there are parishes where the people are standing after. Yeah. You feel like, weird like, that like going a, back? Like, a, like in our diocese. Oh, yeah. Looking at you, our diocese. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah we're, we yeah. are told that we, uh, that is encouraged for us to stand after receiving Holy Communion. And, but in some places we'll do it before. I don't like it at no. all. I will kneel until, okay, they're getting close and everybody's trying to get up and I'm keeping them from putting, you know. But 
I will continue to kneel. Why? Because Jesus is, this is not about yeah. us as a congregation. No. This is about our Lord. He is the reason why I'm there. Mm. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, and even Cardinal Lorenze, when asked that question too, you know, about standing after communion or kneeling or whatever, he said, like, the church has not regimented to this degree what you do after you receive Holy Communion. Like, why be so rigid? And, I mean, so if a person wants to kneel, they can kneel. If they want to stand, they can stand. I mean, yeah. granted, I mean, I think the preferred thing is for you to kneel. I think that the church is teaching and, and her saints have shown how important it is to, to kneel and meditate after communion. But again, you know, you've got parents with kids who, you know, need to walk around or whatever. Or you have people with bad yeah. knees that yeah. they kneel, they can't get back up. Yeah. So or, I mean, we're often know. sitting, uh, holding a baby after yeah. Yeah. <laughs> communion, yeah. even though we would like to kneel. Yeah. So, but I you mean, do your best. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, at this point, you know, the truth is that the church has asked that the faithful who wish to kneel be left alone. Yeah. To, yeah. Uh, I, uh, there is a church document on that. I'm not sure where. It's it on my screen. Oh, is, oh, is that why? Yeah. <laughs> Did you say that because you saw it on no, my screen? Because <laughs> Julie brought up the incident with the priest saying no need to kneel yeah. and kind of harassing you guys for kneeling. So... It's funny because I was just reading this before, like preparing. I have the uh, the response from the Vatican to the Canadian Council of Catholic Bishops. Yeah, the conference. <laughs> conference. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I lost my words there. But yeah, it's literally the first thing in the letter after they say, "Okay, you can do it." So it says the Pope grants what they asked, and then the very next sentence is the condition is the complete avoidance of any cause for the faithful to be shocked and of any danger of irreverence toward the Eucharist. The following norms must therefore be respected. Number one, the new manner of giving communion must not be imposed in a way that would exclude the traditional practice. It's that's obvious, it's pretty yeah. straightforward. Yeah. If someone wants to kneel and receive on the tongue, that's still the norm of the Roman rite. Yeah. You can't the stop them yeah. from the doing norm. that. Yeah. Yeah. The universal norm of the Roman rite. Yeah. Regardless of whether Canada has its local custom, they are not allowed to override the uh, yeah. the norm for the Roman rite, which is kneeling and on the tongue. Yeah. So maybe maybe just to sum up, you know, um, like you had found a really awesome quote from Cardinal Sarah. Um, maybe we can end with that. But bef- before we before well, I have, we do, I have one more thing to say too. Pardon? Go for it. Yeah. What did you yeah. have to say? So. Additional things have happened after allowing communion in the hand that mm-hmm. we have seen recently. I'm sure all of you guys saw, what was it? Within the past year, anyway, the Etsy, an Etsy vendor was Etsy, selling yeah. consecrated hosts. Well, there's people that'll pocket the... Yep. Yeah, they do it on eBay. They've done it on oh eBay. My. Yep. There are people making uh, artwork out of yep. consecrated hosts. This happened in Europe, like a, a street art display was made from stolen consecrated hosts yeah like people so people are you know people could very well be breaking into parishes Mm -hmm. too but it's highly more likely that it's happening at your typical sunday mass a visitor comes receives communion in the hand either pretends to consume or just simply lets it fall down their sleeve or they just 
doesn't put it in your pocket. I'll be honest with you. Like, I've I've seen people just simply pocket it. Like they just yeah. rec- they'll they'll receive they'll grab they'll just drop it in their pocket and they'll walk away. Uh, you know I've, yeah. I've stopped those people. And yeah. I've said and I've said you will either eat that now or give give that to me. Yeah. yeah. Um, Sunday masses, school masses. Like I can't. School masses. Fam- like we we would find we would find events. communion hosts on the floor in oh, our gym. Gosh. Yeah. Having you know? weddings and I mean really any any occasion especially where you have people that go to mass that mm-hmm. are not Catholic or have not been in a while or like receiving on, on anything like that. receiving on the tongue is also a means of protecting yeah the eucharist you'd have to reach in yeah from take this it out, kind of that is obvious like 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 yes. there is that satanic black mass in ottawa and yeah. they had consecrated hosts well, they said or they, they said they, they, they said did. they didn't but yeah man, i think like, that's a bs lie because you can't have a black mass without a consecrated host yeah, yeah like it's just the, like they, the rubric. People are acquire, <laughs> acquiring hosts somehow. And if this is, and if they are because of communion in the hand, that, that in itself is a reason to really consider that communion in the hand is a dangerous practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think Archbishop Prendergast should be highly considering mm-hmm. ending communion in the hand in his diocese. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, the problem is he's still handing out communion in the hand to, his pro-choice politicians. Yeah. So, you know, um, you know, I think there's a, a hierarchy of things going on here. I couldn't, I could not say that because it is something that I think people don't consider those kinds of things happening. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 And I mean, not going into grave detail over mm-hmm. the things that occur in a black mass, but it's absolutely disgusting. It should twist your stomach. Yeah. 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 And, um, and break your heart. Yeah. And so, and the fact that our bishops are just simply standing by and watching this happen over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Oh, another black mass has happened. I mean, in, in places like Brazil and Argentina, it's commonplace yeah. for this stuff to occur. In Europe, especially, commonplace for this stuff to occur. Mm-hmm. They just let it happen. It know? shouldn't even happen once. Like, no. reparation needs to be made. Communion in the hand needs to stop. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's also maybe we can also point out where I think, and maybe this is a hard thing to say, but I think the, the role of extraordinary ministers of Holy communion needs to, to end. I don't think it's necessary. No, Um, it really isn't. And, and the problem is at this point, the amount of sacrilege that occurs at the hands of these quote unquote, extraordinary ministers of Holy communion is it's insane. It's insane. I, I've heard horror stories from from friends who have worked in the church and who, after Mass, at their parish, they received under both species. And so, after Mass, the quote-unquote Eucharistic ministers would come back to the sacristy with the half-full chalices of the, the blood of Christ, um, but they would pour it right down the sink. And I got this phone call of this guy being like, what do I do? And if you open up the the book of canon law, it says right there that that act alone is an excommunicable offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really a horrible the sacrilege. The right. But this is happening commonly yeah. in places and in parishes all over the place. At parishes where the Eucharistic ministers go and they distribute communion, what what does the priest do after he? 
is done distributing communion. He goes back to the altar in the extraordinary form. He goes back to the altar and then over top of the chalice is poured wine, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Over his fingers. In the new rite, it's water. Yeah. But in the old rite, it's wine. And because it's also sanitary to do mm-hmm. that, right? It's alcohol. And but Eucharistic ministers, they Use just, hand sanitizer just, and <laughs> yeah, d- drop drop the ciborium on the altar and then go hit the Purell. Yeah, and it's like our Lord is still there all on their hands, fingers. all over. Um, and that's the thing; they'll wash their hands. You don't really see them scrubbing their fingers. <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, it's weird um, yeah. and messed up. So, as as hard as it is to say, Eucharistic ministry sh- should be. Con- should be considered as something that should be ended. Um, yeah. And if, if you are a person who's listening who does serve as an extraordinary minister of Holy Communion at, at regular Sunday Masses, we'd encourage you to consider stopping. Yeah, but also mm-hmm. to find other ways that you can serve in the in the parish that you're at. Mm-hmm. I think it, it should be noted, obviously there is a servant's heart that is there, you know, that wants to care for other people in the parish and that's not to deny that that say hasn't had any let's say personal effect but there are other ways that you can serve that you can yeah yeah Mm -hmm. you know so yeah Yeah. there is a need for the ministry of holy communion um but i mean i think a great book to read is dominus est by um bishop athanasius snyder where he goes into detail about people who didn't have ready access to to priests, um, you know, in Kazakhstan and, and those places, and what it was like for them to wait for a priest to come. They didn't feel the need to have a minister of Holy Communion come to them and do a communion service. But anyway, it's a it's a fantastic book. You can get it for pretty cheap off of Amazon. So maybe we'll even put uh, I'll put a link actually uh, to to that book uh, in the description as well. So, but yeah, any any other thoughts before we maybe end with that great quote from Colonel Sarah? Yeah, that that quote is going to be pretty spicy. Uh, <laughs> spicy, <laughs> spicy. <laughs> Yeah. Any, any other thoughts, y'all? If anyone doesn't yet think that we're like rad trads, they probably will after I read this quote from Cardinal yeah. Sarah. But <laughs> just remember that he is the uh, head of the uh, Congregation for a Divine Liturgy and Discipline of the yeah, Divine Worship and Discipline. Divine Worship and Discipline yeah. of the Sacraments. Yeah. Uh, I've been reading about Eastern stuff, so Divine Liturgy crept in there. <laughs> I blame Eastern Catholic memes, actually, yeah. 100%. Yeah. For that. Their, their memes are great. <laughs> I do enjoy those memes. Yeah. Okay, so here's Cardinal Sarah last year, and he says The most insidious diabolical attack consists in trying to extinguish faith in the Eucharist, sowing errors, and favoring an unsuitable manner of receiving it. Truly, the war between Michael and his angels on one side and Lucifer on the other continues in the heart of the faithful. Satan's target is the sacrifice of the Mass and the real presence of Jesus in the consecrated host. Why do we insist on communicating, standing in the hand? Why this attitude of lack of submission to the signs of God? Receiving kneeling and on the tongue is much more suited to the sacrament itself. 
I hope there can be a rediscovery and a promotion of the beauty and pastoral value of this manner. In my opinion and judgment, this is an important question on which the church today must reflect. This is a further act of adoration and love that each of us can offer to Jesus Christ. There you go. Wow. Cool. So, we want to know what you guys thought of today's episode. So, yeah. come and hang out with us on Facebook, yeah. on Instagram, if you're an IG person <laughs> and twitter. twitter yeah, yeah. we don't share your experience yeah share your experience let us know struggles you know where you're at yeah be real with it yeah mm-hmm. sure if that's not where you are that's not where you are but yeah, we want to let us know yeah and if you have any other topics you want us to discuss in the yeah. future too yeah, for sure please tell us again this is yeah. our podcast yeah <laughs> and we like talking to you guys yeah like, we want to chat <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah 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 well, and hopefully, you know, help your faith grow in the process, and as well as ours, ours too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, ours too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, awesome. Alrighty, well, until next time. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks again, guys. Thank you. Blessing on them. <laughs> like and thank. <laughs> Subscribe and uh... <laughs> and hit the little bell on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Ding. Awesome. We'll see you guys next week. Good night. Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast. What do you think about communion in the hand? We'd love to know. Message us on Facebook or DM on Instagram at Theology of the Buddy. Find us on Twitter at TradFriends or email us at TheologyOfTheBuddy at gmail.com. We'd also love for you to send us a voicemail via Facebook Messenger. If you like what you heard today, please consider subscribing to us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you listen to great podcasts. Would you also please consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes? We'd greatly appreciate it as it helps us to get noticed within the larger podcast community. Next week, Mike and Brooke will be delving into the topic of bringing small children to the traditional Latin Mass, and they share some great tips on how to make the jump from the Novus Ordo to the Latin Mass as parents with small children. Make sure you're subscribed so you'll know when it comes out. We'll save you a seat at the table. New episodes are released every Wednesday, so until then, stay tratty.